Thursday Such a crazy, lazy day Thursday has its own peculiar way Of saying hey Sometimes Thursday almost Makes you want to run away Thursday such a crazy, lazy day Well, welcome Welcome, everybody, from the bitter winter wasteland of the great American Midwest. This is Bob Bro, and I'm welcoming you to the best old-time radio podcast for Thursday, January 28th, 2021. And, buddy, it is cold outside. It is really cold outside. And we had lots of snow yesterday, and today it is bitter, bitter cold. But that's okay. We're inside where it's warm, and we have a great old-time Radio Western for you today because it's Thursday, and that's what we do every Thursday. We play for you an old-time Radio Western. And uh, Thursdays are our most favorite day of the week. I should say your most favorite day of the week for many of you. That's what you tell me. So if you can just get comfortable, I hope you're warm. But uh, what you might want to do is get over in that big old comfortable easy chair over there and maybe take a blanket with you and wrap yourself up in it. Get your feet up. Make yourself at home. Get comfortable. Let the cares of the day drift away. Tomorrow's Friday, man. It's almost to the weekend. And maybe you can get yourself a little refreshment, a little something warm to drink, or perhaps an adult beverage, maybe a little snack on the side. And just hang in there, baby, because we're coming right back at you with this week's old-time Radio Western. Thursday's got its own peculiar way of staying Sometimes Thursday makes you Want to run away Thursday Such a crazy lizard Now, if there's one thing I hear, and I hear it often, is why don't we play more episodes of The Six Shooter? I think last time I played one, I got uh, on my high horse and said, Oh, that show's so great, let's not let many weeks go by without playing another one. And I guess I have let many weeks go by. And I am hearing it from you, let me tell you, Bob. So we're going to fix that tonight. We're going to play an episode that was first broadcast in 1954. Well, all of the six... The six-shooter was only on for one year, so it's either a 1953 episode or a 1954 episode. This one is from January the 10th, 1954. 
And it's got a pretty good cast. It has, uh, of course, Jimmy Stewart. It has Herb Vigren, uh, Bill Johnstone, Barney Phillips, Tony Barrett. But uh, the person that steals the show on this one is Howard McNear, who plays a, a lovable old prospector named Hiram. And the name of this episode is Hiram's Gold Strike. I think it's, I think it's a really, really good episode. So uh, I will correct the problem, and we will have the six-shooter come back a little more often next time, or a little sooner next time and a little more often overall. But in the meantime, sit back and relish in this one. This, this is a fun episode. From 1954, here's Hiram's Gold Strike on the six-shooter. James Stewart as the six-shooter. The man in the saddle is angular and long-legged. His skin is sun-dyed brown. The gun in his holster is gray steel and rainbow mother of pearl. Its handle, unmarked. People call them both the six-shooter. NBC Radio Network presents James Stewart as The Six Shooter, a transcribed series of radio dramas based on the life of Britt Ponsett, the Texas plainsman who wandered through the Western territories, leaving behind a trail of still remembered legends. about four o'clock in the afternoon when I rode out of the Saucer Mountains and hit the flat and the scar stretched his legs and went into a high lope. Oh, he seemed real anxious to get across the eight miles of prairie between the hills and Clay City. Oh, you easy, boy. Easy now. Hey, what's your rush? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he was hungry and maybe he was thirsty or maybe... Oh, no. No, no, it couldn't be that. Why, it was over six months since our last visit at Clay City. Scar couldn't still be remembering the filly from the livery stable. Not after all that time, no. Besides, horses don't have memories, at least not as good as... Now, 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 you just slow down, boy. Now, quit. Well, wasn't anything I could do except just keep a tight rein on him, I guess. Something sure was spurring Scar along. Whatever it was, it was important. At least it was to him. Well, we'd covered about half the distance to town when I noticed a couple of dark specks, oh, maybe a mile or so ahead of us. And the way they were shaped and the way they were barely moving, well, they just about had to be pack burrows. But it wasn't until we almost caught up that I spotted Hiram. And he was beating one of those burrows with a cottonwood switch and giving us such a cuss that he didn't even hear us riding up toward him. Oh, Easy, Scar. Right you Easy, right no. Here, this is canary. You start traveling, I'll set fire to you. And I don't... I'm not fooling. I'm warning you. I'll give you such a burning that you won't be able to... Oh, I am. Would you cover you? 
Oh, Britt, for a second there, you kind of startled me. Uh, well, I didn't know you was on my tail. Uh, the burrows been acting up, Hiram? Oh, they're just being themselves, Britt. No. That's the trouble, they're just being themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I sure know what you mean. Where you heading, Clay City? That's right. I heard you was riding herd for the Circle G. Last time I was in getting some supplies, it told me. Are you going to town on business? No, no. The ranch gave me a day off. Tomorrow being 4th of July. 4th of July? Well, I'll be cussing. 4th of July. I've been out in the hills so long, I lost all track of time. I didn't even know what month it was. <laughs> Not for certain. <laughs> oh, so you're going to do a little celebrating, huh? Well, I just thought... Yeah, uh, come to think of it, uh, I got me something to celebrate, too. <laughs> and it's more than just Independence Day, Brett. It's a downside, Mark. Is that so? Oh, yes. Mm. Well, if these critters don't stop balking, it'll be Christmas before we ever get to Clay City. <laughs> All right, Pierre, come on, start moving. Come on, come on, come on. Me, me, me. Yeah, that's it. Now, you too, Yvette. Both of you, come on. Come on, come on, come on. Hey, what was that you called him, Hire? Yeah, what's that? Well, uh, it sounded like Pierre. Oh, sure, that... sure, 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 sure. Hey, that's your name, Pierre and Yvette. Oh, no. Well, what's the matter? They're perfectly respectable names. <laughs> I seen a show once in Denver called the Paris Review. That was the title of it, from Paris, France. And there was a couple of dancers. Well, sir, if they didn't put on a jig. I'm telling you, Vrit, it sure was something. The fella, he just picked up this girl and he threw her every which way. <laughs> I thought she was going to land right in my lap. Oh, oh you did. Yeah, yes, that's the truth. Everywhere. And this here girl dancing with him, she kept coming back for more, like she enjoyed being used for a lasso. <laughs> yes, Pierre and Yvette. That's what they was called. It was on a sign out in front of the Tabor Grand Opera House. Uh, those names always kind of stuck with me. So when I bought these birds, well... You know bears, they ain't very particular about what you call them. No. <laughs> now, you just keep moving, Pierre. Come on, keep moving. That's it. That's uh, quite a load you're carrying there, Hiram. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, well, I guess I'll ride on. Maybe see you in town, huh? Uh, hold up a minute, Britt. Uh, ain't you going to ask me what's in them bags? Well, no, I... just figured it wasn't any of my business. Well, I'm going to tell you anyhow. Uh -huh. yeah, if I don't tell somebody, I'll bust. Besides, I... I... I knew I can trust you. Hmm? Yeah, whoop here. Whatever. Brit, I've struck it. I've made a strike the like of which I've never even dreamed of. Oh? Easy. Easy, Scott. Listen now. You see? Uh. You see this here sack right here? Yeah. This one right here? If it don't assay out to over a thousand dollars... A thousand dollars? That ain't the half of it. There's plenty more where this come from. Well, that sure sounds good, it huh? It is good. Well, I just bet the vein I find it delivers more gold in a year than they ever took out of California. Is that so? Well, you sure are entitled to a strike, Hiram. You've been prospecting for quite a spell. Yeah, right? you have. Forty-five years, but yeah. Forty-five years. Come with you. But I ain't got no regrets. Not now, I ain't. I told him in Clay City. I told him all it was gold in the saucer mountains. Oh, I could smell it. Just the way my birds sniff water. But they wouldn't listen, no. They said old Hiram was touched, that I'd never find nothing but yellow-colored rocks. <laughs> yeah. Well, start singing a different song now. Oh, you're, you're, you're sure it's gold you found? Oh, huh? you think I don't know it when I see it? <laughs> you mark my words. Old Hiram has turned up the real thing. Of course, you, you mustn't let the news out. Oh. Not until after I get my assay report and file my claim. Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> uh, but... 
I just wish there was some other assay office around here. What's that? Well, that Enoch Wilson. He wouldn't know a gold nugget from a tea kettle. And what's more, I don't trust him. I don't trust him a bit. Well, I'll hire him. Some of the samples I brought him in before looked mighty good to me, but not to Enoch. I don't think he even tested him. Well, just let him try to say that this batch is worth it. Yeah, just let him try to say that. What's the matter with Scar? He sure is restless. Well, then you go on ahead, Britt. Just go on ahead. Well, I guess I might as well. Easy, boy. Easy. I hope everything works out the way you expect, huh? Don't you worry yourself about that. Uh, well, nice run into you. Mutual, Britt. Mutual. All righty, Britt. Come on, come on, come on. You can't eat that cactus. Get your nose out of there. I'll give you a taste of some horse nuts. just going down when we got to Clay City. I figured on stopping at the hotel first, making sure of a bed, but Scar had other ideas. He headed right straight for the livery stable. There just wasn't any doubt about it. He'd remembered that filly. Yes, sir. And, and mind you, I'm not saying that a horse can really get a disappointed expression on his face, but I'll tell you this much. Scar gave a pretty good imitation of it when he saw a big roan stallion occupying what had been that filly's stall. Well, I left him there anyway, and I got myself supper in a room. And about nine o'clock, I started feeling sleepy. You know. oh, I just pulled off my boots. Oh, yeah. Doc, God, that man sure does get tired and he stays up late. Holy smoke, what's that? Well, those shots right outside my window. I, I grabbed my gun and I... Oh. oh, and then I saw I wouldn't be needing the gun. <laughs> A couple of kids shooting off Chinese firecrackers. Well, it didn't look like I was going to get much sleep that night. And the way things worked out, I sure didn't. Well, well yeah, who is it? Hiram, Britt. I gotta talk to you. It's important. Well, come on in. Oh, thanks, Britt. Thank you. Thank you. Thank What's the matter? What's the matter? You look like you're getting ready for a real hard winter. Enoch Wilson. That's what's the matter. Remember, Britt, I told you I didn't trust him? Do you remember that when yeah, I said that? Yes, yeah. well, I got me some proof. What's in college? Oh, no, it's, it's just, uh, just some firecrackers, Hiram. And Enoch, he... What, he said you haven't found gold? No, 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 no. He said nothing one way or the other. But by the time I got the burrs into town tonight, it was almost seven o'clock. Enoch was just closing up the assay office. Uh-huh. Well, I gave him them sacks of gold, you see, and I said I wanted a report as soon as possible. And you know what he told me? Oh, I can't say as I do, no. Friday. He says I couldn't have no word because... He says I couldn't have no word before late Friday. Why, Britt, that's two days off. Well, tomorrow being a holiday. Well, that's the excuse he tried to hand me to. Oh, that lion skunk. You know, the 4th of July is a pretty important occasion. Well, that don't give him the right to tell me a whole pack of lies, does it? No. Well, of course it doesn't. No, no. Anyhow, I had to leave my gold with him. I didn't have no choice. So I got me a bowl of Irish beef stew over at the O'Brien's Cafe, and then I went back to see about the burrows. And that's when I noticed the light in Enoch's office. Oh? Yeah, so naturally, I was kind of suspicious, so I snuck up and, and I peeked through the window. You know what I saw, Brett? 
I haven't the faintest idea. He was sitting at the desk, Enoch himself, getting ready to do some assaying. And if those weren't my three sacks of gold in front of him, I'll trade you a whole hog for a slice of bacon. That's what I'll do. Well, supposing Enoch was testing your ore, that doesn't prove anything. Don't you see, Brett? He's fixing to take my ore for himself. And once he makes up his mind how valuable it is, he'll do a little substituting. And I'll wind up with three bags of rocks when I come in to see him on Friday. Oh, now. Probably man. aims to find out where I got it, too. Oh, yes. File the claim himself. No, now, that doesn't sound very then likely. Then why did he say it'd be Friday before he'd know anything? Why'd he tell me that if he was planning to work tonight? Well, if you're so upset about it, you should have just come right straight out and asked him. I'm going to ask you, Britt. That's just what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask him. But, but I want you there when I confront him. Me? Enix already lied to me once today. But if you're with me, if he sees you're my friend, yeah, maybe he'll think twice before he tries anything funny. Huh? Maybe I'll get a decent assay for a change. Well, I'm afraid I don't understand where I come in. This Enoch thing. knows you, don't he? Knows that you're the six-shooter? Well, we've met up a couple of times. Yes, well, come on then, but let's get over there while we can catch him <laughs> oh, red-handed. Wait a minute, now, hold on. Brett, you know how much this strike means to me. You ain't going to let anybody swindle me out of it. No, no, well, then, hurry no. Up. We ain't got all no, night. All right, all right. Just give me a chance to tuck in my shirt tail. See the light, Britt? He's still here. Now, you just remember one thing, Hiram. This wasn't my idea. Sure, remember sure, that. Sure, sure, sure. Who is it? What do you want? Hiram Garver. That's who it is. And Britt Ponce is with me, too. So you better get this door open. Now, Hiram, you, you just remember. Howdy, Britt. What's the trouble? Well... I, uh... There you are, there, with... there you are. There. You see right there? See? Them are my sacks. Of course they're your sacks, you see, Hiram. You see, he ain't denied it, either. Hiram, are you going loco or something? I'll do the asking, Enoch. You'll do the answering from now on. And you better not lie in front of Britt Ponson, either. Huh? I thought you said you wasn't going to be able to assay this whole before Friday. What if I did? It appears like you changed your mind, don't it? Well, Britt wants to know the reason. Well, it was just that you were kind of anxious, that's all. And your stuff did look a little more promising than usual. <laughs> what did I tell you, Britt? Yeah, what did I tell you? Yeah, he knew it was good. <laughs> I said it looked promising, Hiram. Promising enough so you try to cheat me out of it, eh? Well, you're not getting away with it, Enoch. The six-shooter here will see to that. Now, now, just hold on. Hiram Grover, I ought to throw you right out of my office. If I was trying to cheat you, would I have sent word for you to stop in tomorrow morning for the parade and get your assay report? You just... You just... You sent word? You just asked Mike O'Brien. I was over at his cafe looking for you. You'd already left, though. I told him if he saw you, to give you the message. You... You told Mike? Well, Hiram? Well, doggone it, but how was I to know? You think he might have stumbled into something, Enoch? Real strike? Well, ain't positive yet, Brett, but... Some of the samples are mighty encouraging. A couple more tests... Evening, gentlemen. Who, 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 who are you? Well, turn around and just grab for some air. All three of them. Well, no, you come just on, wait a minute. Come on, I'm do a little stretching before we... That's better. It was real considerate of you to stay open tonight, mister. 
Saved us the trouble of breaking it. All right, then. Let's start loading up. Cars and leather jackets, both carrying 45s. They're about the same build, same coloring. Look enough like to be brothers. They hadn't bothered covering their faces. That meant that they weren't worrying about being recognized. Probably didn't come from Clay City. The tall one gave most of the orders. Who's running this office? Will somebody speak up? I, 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 I do the ass then. That's more like it. And you'd be the fellow who'd know how to open this safe. Well, uh, there ain't really nothing worth... Cut out the stalling, mister. Get over here. Move! Oh, okay, oh, okay, okay. Enoch saw he didn't have much choice. So he bent down in front of the cast iron safe. He started fiddling with the dial. And the other outlaw, the short one, he was standing beside the desk. He reached out his free hand. He picked up one of Hiram's ore sacks. Well, here's something, Len. Feels pretty heavy, too. You let that alone, mister. All right, take it easy, That there all belongs to me. You ain't got no right to it. Guess you don't hear so good. I told you to take it easy. You think you can bully me just because you're holding a 45? No harm. Yeah, you've got another thing coming, young fella. I spent most of my life hunting that gold, and you ain't gonna walk in here and swipe it. You just let it be, or I... The next thing I, I knew, Hiram gave a leap forward. I tried to stop him, but it was too late. For a second, he just kept on moving. Oh, a step or two. Then his legs buckled and he grabbed the edge of the desk. But his fingers couldn't hold the grip. Both the outlaws were staring at Hiram. They weren't watching me. Get down, Enoch. My bullet hit the short one in the arm. The gun flew halfway across the office. And the other one spun around and knocked over the kerosene lamp. I got off a second shot. It was so dark, I wasn't sure I'd hit anything or not. For a couple of minutes, there wasn't a sound. Nothing but heavy breathing. I stretched out my hand, and I felt a chair... I waited a second, and then I, I gave it a good hard push. I, he sure had good ears. The bullet splintered into the chair before it even toppled over. But the flash of his gun showed me where he was. Crouched right behind the safe, out of range. I edged over to the right. If I could just get past window without him seeing me. I made a dot and fired. Enoch lit up another lamp. The boy that was shot in the arm, he hadn't passed out. He was just lying there staring at me, looking even younger than he had when he first came into the office. The other fellow, he'd taken the bullet in the shoulder and he was bleeding pretty bad. But Hiram, he was worse off than either of them. He was flat on his back, gasping for breath. There was a big red splotch on his chest, and his mouth was covered with sort of a pink foam-like. It's a good thing Doc Nibble's house was in the next block. Well, Doc? Oh... 
it's too early to tell anything yet, Bert. I got the bullet out, and he's still hemorrhaging. I see. And them other two, they'll be as good as ever in a week or so. Good enough for a hanging if Hiram don't pull through. Oh, no, no, he's just got to pull through, Doc. Mm, he's an old man, Brent. I've seen fellas a lot younger. Yeah. Well, you better get yourself some rest. It's almost 4 a.m. Well, I, I thought maybe I... Uh, well, there's nothing you can do here. Ain't a chance of him coming to before morning. I, I was standing right beside him when it happened. I could have drawn, maybe, and then... And uh, I... Maybe then you'd both be shut up. And I'll see you in the morning, Bridge. Well, I went back to the hotel, but I just couldn't sleep. I... Well, about 6.30, I gave up trying. I figured it was too soon to find out how Hiram was doing, so I went for a little walk around town. I wasn't very hungry, but as long as Mike's Cafe was open, I thought I just might as well stop in for a cup of coffee. And I was just going through the door when Enoch Wilson came up running. Britt! Yeah, yeah. Good morning, Enoch. Uh, I was hoping I'd run into you. Stopped by the hotel, but they said you was out. Yeah, I was sort of looking the town over. I, uh, just left Hiram. Oh, well, he's, he's, he's not... No, 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 no. It sure don't look good. Oh? Doc Nibble says he's got a good, strong constitution for a man his age. He'd have a pretty fair chance. But Hiram just don't seem to have any fight left in him. He ain't even trying to live. Well, has he come to? Yeah, about, about an hour ago. I happened to be there. You see, I went back to the office after that gunfight last night and finished up Hiram's assay. Oh? Well, I thought maybe if it turned out to be something good, well, I, I wanted Hiram to, to know about it before he... Oh, yeah, well, that was mighty thoughtful of you, Enoch. Yeah, and it is good, Britt. Real strike. Well, well, didn't you tell Hiram? Oh, sure, sure. I, uh, but, but it, well, it didn't seem to make no difference to him. He, he just nodded and sort of dozed off like he didn't even care. Is that so? And Doc don't understand it neither. You'd think, if anything, it'd make him want to live. Knowing he found gold, sure turned the trick. Yeah, yeah, you sure would. Maybe he figures I'm lying to him. Because he's so bad off. Uh-huh. Well, I guess it could be that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so we thought, uh, Doc and me, uh, we thought, well, uh, maybe if he was to hear it from from you, well... Uh, oh, sure. Sure, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go right over there. Sure. How you feeling? Oh, oh pretty good, Brad. Yeah. I'm pretty good. Oh, well, the doc says you're going to be all right real soon, too. Yes, yes, yes. Sure, sure. Of course, you've got to help him along some, you know. He can't cure you single-handed, you know. Oh, don't. It don't matter, Brad. Just don't matter. Oh, now, what are you talking about, Hiram? Well, I figured you'd be jumping up and down, fighting your way out of bed when you heard the news. You mean about the gold? Sure, sure. Enoch said he told you. Yes, yes. He, he, he told me. <laughs> well, you, 
You believe in no charm. <laughs> I shouldn't have believed. I knew it was a real thing when I first found it. I knew it was real. Still, maybe... Maybe that was a sign. The, the, the sign? What a... That my life's over. What? Forty-five years I spent looking for that yellow stuff. Well, now I finally found it. I, I ain't got no reason to go on looking. No reason at all. I found it. <laughs> I'm awful tired, Britta. I'm awful tired. What do you... you... You're going to be a rich man, Hiram. Well, I wasn't hunting gold because it's making me rich, Brett. Oh, maybe when I was younger, that was the reason. But lately, these past few years, I just wanted to prove to folks that I knew what I was talking about. <laughs> so that I wasn't catched like they thought. <laughs> no, of course you are. Those ore samples prove it, Brett. So it ain't going to be too hard to die. Ain't gonna be hard at all. I've done what I set out to do, so I reckon I'm luckier than most men. Well, I... That's one way of looking at it, I guess. Yeah, it just goes to show you things work out for the best, Biz. For the best. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe Enoch did the right thing after all, so... Mm. Uh, Oh, nothing, nothing, Hiram, nothing. I, no, you better get some rest, too. She started to say something to you about Enoch. Uh, huh? Did I? Uh, yes, finish it up, Bridget. What was that you were going to say? Uh, what I was going to say? Uh, well, now, you're a pretty sick man, Hiram. You, I wouldn't want to get you all upset. Uh, uh, upset? What are you driving at, Bridget? Well, uh, you're weak and feeble, and it wasn't my idea, of course. Well, you, you don't mean that Enoch... Uh, was lying to me that that ore wasn't full of gold? Uh, now, I didn't say that. I knew Enoch Wilson uh... couldn't be trusted, so it ain't true uh, about my strike. Now, uh, uh, So they figured I, I was going to die, didn't they? Then well... they'd all have the laugh on me. Well, I ain't going to be that obliging. I'll get well if it kills me. Uh, and I'll find gold, too, right out there in those mounds where I always said I'd find it. Oh, they think they're going to soft-soap me into kicking the bucket, don't they? Oh, they do. Well, Britt, you just tell them different. I'd be glad to, Hiram. I sure would be glad to. By the time Hiram got well and found out he was responsible for a genuine gold rush, well, there just wasn't much he could do about it. And the way the money poured in, and faster than Hiram could spend it, no matter how hard he tried, he sure went in for some fly-by-night schemes, too. Like that with that organizing a prospecting expedition to go up to Alaska, someplace called the, Con uh, the Cl Klondike, I think it was, something like that. Everybody knew he'd never find gold up in a place like that, because uh, they're all expecting him to come back any day now. Admit that it was just a wild goose chase. But, uh, but he he hasn't shown up last time I was through Clay City. Folks are beginning to wonder what's keeping him.
The Six Shooter is a transcribed NBC Radio Network production in association with Review Productions. It is based on a character created by Frank Burt and is written by him. Mr. Stewart may soon be seen in the Universal International picture, The Glenn Miller Story. Others in the cast were Herb Vigran, Bill Johnstone, Barney Phillips, Tony Barrett, and Howard McNear, who played Hiram. Special music for this program was by Basil Adlam, and the entire production is under the direction of Jack Johnstone. All characters and incidents were fictitious, and any resemblance to actual characters or incidents is purely coincidental. This is Hal Gibney speaking. This is the NBC Radio Network. And there you have it. That was The Six Shooter. The name of that one was Hiram's Gold Strike, first broadcast on NBC in January 1954. Uh, Jimmy Stewart is always good. Herb Vigran, I thought, was very good as Enoch Wilson, the assayer there in town. But, of course, I think the star of this, of this particular episode was Howard McNear as Hiram. Howard McNear, believe it or not, was a native of Los Angeles. He was born in Angelino in 1905. He studied theater and then joined a stock company down in San Diego. He made his entry into radio in the late 30s, and pretty quickly he got a, well, a feature role in the uh, radio serial Speed Gibson of the International Secret Police. Uh, Howard McNear portrayed ace operator Clint Barlow. But I think he kind of discovered that he was best, even though he could play heavies, and he did. He was really best in character roles, and especially ones that were either poignant or, or comedic. He was under contract to uh, CBS for many years, and they featured him in many of the radio shows and also TV programs. We could just, I mean, the list is just too long. One of the prominent ones that he created, of course, was the role of Doc Adams in the radio uh, uh, series Gunsmoke. In 1955, he appeared in the first season of the TV program Gunsmoke. In 1958, he played a barber named Andy, who gave Wally his first shave on the early TV show Leave it to Beaver. Overall, in his career, he appeared in over a 100 film and television guest spots. In 1961, McNear was cast as the vague but chatty barber Floyd Lawson on the old Andy Griffith show. And during the show's run, he suffered a stroke that paralyzed the left side of his body. And so he had to leave the series for nearly a year and a half, but Andy Griffiths wanted him back. And he talked him into returning to the series, and McNair agreed, despite being unable, to walk or to stand. But the production crew accommodated him. McNair was seen on screen, either seated or standing. Whenever he was standing, he usually had a support that he could lean on. We never did see him trimming hair again, as he had in previous episodes. Eventually, McNear began having difficulty remembering his lines, and so he left the series, that series, in 1966. And just a few years later, January 3, 1969, McNear died of complications from pneumonia following a stroke. At his funeral, Parley Bear delivered his eulogy. Parley Bear, of course, was a great old-time radio comrade of his, 
And he had also played uh, on the Andy Griffith Show with McNair. He played Mayor Roy Stoner. But as old-time radio fans, we best remember Parley Bear as Chester Wesley Proudfoot, who often got into arguments with Doc Adams, who was lovingly and memorably played by Howard McNear. That's mighty warm beer for a nickel. I paid for that beer, Doc. I know, and I thank you for it, Chester, but I hate to see you not get your money's worth. Oh, well, get it. When you decide it's time to buy us a beer. Oh, I'll buy, I'll buy. did this week go? But it has gone. It is all over, except for Friday. But we don't do a show on Friday. That's my day off. But we'll be back on the weekend with an archive show and back next Monday with a, a brand new old-time radio comedy. Then on Tuesday, we'll have a drama. On Wednesday, a mystery or detective show. And on Thursday, we'll be back at you with another Western. So we look forward to seeing you this weekend, and we hope that you come back and see us real soon. Hope you have a great weekend. Really, I do. And I hope it warms up where you are and gets real comfortable and cozy. Maybe you can go outside and play, huh? Tell you what, we're going to go out tonight with a song from the 1954, not 1955 era, uh, which was uh, the era of the six-shooter. And this is by one of my favorite singers of that uh, time period. And even though I was a little bitty kid, I always loved the fat man, Fat Domino. This is Bob Bro. I'm so glad you stopped by, and I'm so glad you met me. See you this weekend. Bye-bye. Cry, ain't that a shame? 
Feel that rain. 